On the day that Elon Musk buys Twitter, we go all in on Patrick Sandoval and I think we like our purchase better. Did, did somebody say something bad about Gooby? We come to the defense of the Angels broadcasters and we'll also tell you why the shortstop position is the most important position historically for a winning Angels season. You're locked on with Mike and John and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Locked On Angels. you got the Frisch Brothers here with you. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. A.K.A. the Super Halo Bros, where we appreciate you listening and tuning in, and we're excited to talk about this victory from last night. Patrick Sandoval, man, how about him? You know, John, you have been a Sandy fan. That's the nickname you gave him. A Sandy fan (laughs) since the very beginning. And so I am going to give you the start of the pod. It's all yours. You can talk about Patrick Sandoval. Ready, set, go. Thank you very much. Uh, Yes, I have been a fan of Patrick Sandoval since he came over from the Astros. And there was always something about him that I liked. Always something about him that I said, that's a good starter right there. And he has proven that in his 2021 outings. He's proven that in an outing like last night. And I know his first two starts were a little bit shaky. Didn't give up any runs. And he still has a scoreless inning streak. In fact, last night's game, seven innings pitched, two hits, no runs, nine strikeouts. He had that changeup working, that fastball changeup combination, that slider working for him. And you know what? We talk a lot of trash on the umpires but let's give it up for Bill Miller actually calling a decent game boy. last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was shocked to see that. And it just goes to show how effective a pitcher can be when he's getting the correct calls. Right. Not just like getting calls, but getting calls that are in the zone that are actually strikes. Getting called on balls that are actually balls. And I think that last night proved that if you have a, a solid umpire behind the dish, then that just makes the starter that much better. But what else happened last night, Mike, that is of note? Well, a quick note on how Sandoval pitched. You are absolutely mm-hmm. right that when the ump is actually giving us a correct zone, it, yeah. it helps Sandoval, especially when yeah. he throws that slider. Because did you see how many Guardian batters actually chase that slider out of the zone, right? Because right. they had to. Because he's throwing strikes, and that's what happens. And by the way, I think the last two games have been the quickest games that we have ever watched in <laughs> in the last few years because Monday night with Bieber on the mound and then the pitcher they had on the mound last night, they were throwing yeah, Trist- strikes, Tristan right? McKenzie. And Tristan yeah. McKenzie, man, he reminds me of a young Pedro Martinez. He just has, <laughs> he has his makeup, and he just throws strikes, and... I'm really excited to see Sandoval pitch really well. And yes, uh, again, high five to the umpires. Now, here's some other things that happened in the game. Trout Mm -hmm. hit his fifth home run, Jonathan. Yeah, he did. Trout revenge season confirmed. (laughs) He is back. He had the home run, and then he had what was almost a home run that he stretched to a double. Yeah. And man, he is just looking locked in these days. And he is reminding everybody that he's the GOAT. So I'm really glad we had that Hall of Fame conversation on yesterday's episode yeah. because 
Trout is just proving us right. <laughs> right. 160 home runs at the Big A. He tied my boy, Tim Salmon, for the most yep. on the Angels. And speaking of people that we've talked about on the pod, we talked about Anthony Rendon yesterday, and yep. maybe that's the secret sauce, John. We just have to talk about him, and then they actually perform. We talked about Madden pulling starters too early. Yep. He let Lorenzen go six. Yep. We talked about Rendon. He gets two doubles in one night yep. and makes an awesome play at third. And we talk about Trout being Hall of Fame worthy already, and he just continues to do what he's doing. So we do have a secret sauce. Come on, so Lockdown Angels secret sauce. What I what I hear that we need to say to Angel fans is, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. We are Correct. the secret sauce. That's why we are the Super Halo Brothers, right? That's right. Angels move to 11-7. and seven. They're just a half game behind the M's for first place in the AL West. Two wins in this series, John, and today they're going for a series win, which is all that we could ask for. But man, if they get a sweep in this series, that would be great momentum as they get ready for the next series. And I I think that they have an opportunity to do that with Shohei Otani on the mound. So far this year, he's 1-2 with a 4-4 ERA. And his last outing, John, was his most remarkable outing of the year, maybe in the last last few starts for him. Absolutely. Yeah, took a perfect game through the almost through the 6th inning, struck out 12, one walk against the Astros and we know that Shohei struggles with those walks. But this seems to be like the momentum turning corner that we're on with starting pitching. You look at Lorenzen on Monday night, Sandy on Tuesday night, Otani's last outing. I hope that we continue this and I hope Detmers has a strong outing. Yeah on Thursday, because I think that it's time for these guys to step up, let them get some length, let them go the distance in their innings, and give Joe Madden a reason not to pull you. Because with Sandoval pitching the way that he did, with Lorenzen pitching the way that he did, and Otani going tonight, they're giving Joe Madden no reason to yank them before the sixth inning. And I think that if we can continue to have strong outings, get some depth and distance in their outings, then we're going to have some really great pitching success. I saw a tweet uh, Tuesday night, and it said, have you guys noticed, I think it was Night of the Living Bullpen <laughs> I love that. <laughs> on Twitter. That's a great name. And uh, he said, have you guys noticed the amount of times we've frustrated opposing hitters? Yeah. Slamming their bats, breaking their bats. Yeah. We saw that at least twice in this Cle- uh, Cleveland series. And I know that we did that to Michael Brantley in the Houston series against Otani when Otani was pitching. So it's just really like, wow, we, we're frustrating batters for a change. Yeah. Our starting pitching? Yeah. How about that? So I think that we're really turning a corner that uh, is is proving to show that we have some good starting pitching on this team. I, I also saw a tweet this week. Uh, somebody was talking about Perry Manassian and how excited and thankful they were for Perry putting this team together. And something that you and I will talk about later this week is our grades of those offseason moves and where things sit currently. And mm-hmm. and I, I actually am really excited about this team. And, and who knows, maybe he actually knows what he's doing. And how about that? A GM for the Angels that actually knows what they're doing, <laughs> putting a team together and... I know it's early, right? We say that all the time, but this feels like a team that's going to do something significant this year, make the playoffs. And I love what Taylor Ward said two nights ago. Yeah, we're going to the playoffs and we're going to win the World Series. I love that. (laughs) I love that confidence. Yeah, having a GM who has not only the ability to put a good team together, but the permission to put a good team together already did not get in the way uh, as far as we know, and I think that he has developed a really solid team for 2022. 
Coming up on Locked On Angels, we're going to talk about how important the shortstop position is to angel season success. We're going to talk about shortstops from history's past and some of your favorite shortstops from history's present. But first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by Athletic Greens. We all want to be healthy. We want better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system. We want all of it, but we don't want to take pills and vitamins every single day. So what do we do, John? What do we do? This is where Athletic Greens can help. AG1 is a supplement that actually tastes great. It has a mild tropical taste that you'll actually look forward to every morning. And you might be wondering, why AG1? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're actually going to get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and and more. It'll help you to start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, even aging. Hey, I might want this. (laughs) AG1 costs less than $3 a day. Listen, you're investing in your health, and this is cheaper than your cold brew habit, Jonathan. (laughs) I got called out. It's healthier, too. (laughs) It's also cheaper than buying all different, the supplements all at different times. And this all-in-one nutritional investment is worth your health. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. So go to athleticgreens.com today and start choosing better health. And it gets even better. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. And now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. You get recaps of MLB games with analysis from local experts, taking fans through the season like no other network. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Mike, we need to talk about the Bally Sports West and broadcast situation because something happened on Monday night that, for me as a fan, was a bit frustrating. It got me heated. (laughs) Heated. (laughs) Look, we know that the remote broadcasts have been tough. I love Matt Vaskersian. You love Matt Vaskersian. We know that Matty V and Gooby in the booth is the best combination. It's the best situation for our broadcast team. However, that can't always be done because Matty V still is under contract to MLB Network. He's got two more years on that contract. And so from time to time, he's got to broadcast remotely. And while that went okay last season, this season, for some reason, it was just kind of a disaster. The wheels fell off. (laughs) The wheels fell off. We had a good 10 seconds between what was happening on screen and what we were being told in the broadcast. And the consummate professionals that they are, Matty V said he was embarrassed by it. He addressed it with Sam Blum. Gooby, you know, has been the glue holding this broadcast team together. And we, we got to give Patrick O'Neill a high five yes. because he stepped in nicely. Yes. And I really appreciate that Sam Blum called out the broadcast with his platform of The Athletic because it was just bad. And what that led to was actually sending Gooby and Patty O'Neill to Houston to call that series in person. And that made all the difference. Now, 
There was something encouraging that Sam Blum tweeted the other night, and that's that the Angels and Valley Sports are planning on bringing the in-person broadcasts for the upcoming road trip to Chicago and Boston. And it seems like Matty V will call one series, Patty O'Neill will call the other series. Still being worked out, but that's a step in the right direction. Absolutely. And it makes sense geographically that Matty V would be able to make those games. So I'm excited to see the the boys back together. We love Matty and Gooby in the booth together. And I personally think I have a theory. Okay. Can I share my theory with you? Yeah, please. I personally think that the Angels are playing the long game with Matty V. I think that the Angels would like to have Matty V as a full-time announcer, and he's got two years left on his MLB Network contract. And so I think if they put up with this situation for this season and next season and let Matt know, hey, you have a place with us when you're done with MLB Network, and if this is something you want to do, if you want to be back in the booth for a local team, I think that the Angels would would go for that. For ah. sure. So those are my thoughts. What do you think? I think that's brilliant, and I would love to have Matty V involved at any level. I just think that we need him there live. He's just right. so much better live. Him and Gooby have great chemistry, yeah. and he's got to be able to see what's going on in the game. And to his credit, he did apologize for like how messy it was. He said he was yeah. embarrassed by it, right? But it really wasn't his fault. I mean, he's watching no. a monitor, and he's only able to see what he's able to see. And I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but it seems like our guys at home, their camera angles and their camera shots were so much better than the Houston series, at least because in Houston, they were trying to like track the ball. It was kind of an odd, I've been watching baseball a long time and it just, (laughs) it felt really odd. Maybe they had to adjust the cameras back from the cheating scandal and they still haven't adjusted them back yet. I'm not sure, but (laughs) It just felt really odd. The angles felt really odd. And if we're reliant upon that, I can understand why that would be frustrating for Gooby and for Matty V. But I've loved what we've been able to see when the Angels have been home because it's not just tracking the ball. You're able to see where the outfielder is when it's a pop-up and you're able to tell what's actually happening on the field. And I I love that. So I I can see why those guys struggled because when you're watching the game, at least on the road, you were not able to even see where the ball is going. You're not able to track yeah. what's happening. So, yeah, man, let's get them there live because their chemistry is great and they're just a really great duo. Getting to the part about my frustration yes, on Monday yeah. night was the tweet from uh, athletic beat writer Lindsay Adler, who covers New York. I believe she covers the, the Yankees. And she tweeted this. She said, this Angels broadcast really is as bad as advertised. Absolutely brutal. What? And that came out of nowhere. Yeah. And Gooby killed her with kindness and said, hey, Lindsay, I'm glad you're able to watch Halo Baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, Goob. And, you know, you just can't stop Mark Gubiza, and you can't say bad things about Mark Gubiza. He he is one of the greatest personalities on TV. He's the nicest person on Twitter. But what gets me is this. The problem that fans had was with the lackluster remote broadcast. Right. And so she tunes in and says that the broadcast is brutal— it wasn't even a remote broadcast. Right. Those guys were live and in person. So it just frustrated me because it's like, you have no idea what you're talking about. You turn on the game and you're saying, oh, this is brutal. Well, you have no say in this situation. Right. Because you're not even accurately talking about the problem that we had a problem with. And that was a bad remote situation. Yeah. And it, that's not what was happening on Monday night. So you'd think a text to your coworker, Sam Blum at The <laughs> Athletic, would clear things up, Lindsay. Yeah. Um, but maybe you just mind your business 
and uh, <laughs> and keep your tweets to yourself. Listen, Gooby's not going to say anything bad to her, but we are, right? <laughs> here's, here's what I don't I don't get. Like it almost felt like it was a tweet that was still processing from a couple of weeks ago when we were really frustrated with broadcasting remotely, right? And so then yeah. it was like you hit send way too late, Lindsay. And and by the way, <laughs> was we, that sitting in your drafts for yeah, two weeks? <laughs> right? And she just saw it and hit send. And by the way, we don't we don't care. We, yeah. we, we don't care. <laughs> we, we like our team. We, we like who's on the field for us. I, I love when Gooby and I love when Patrick are in the booth. I love when Maddie V's in the booth and even Erica on the field. She's, she's done a great job. And so yeah, I don't know great. what she's talking about. The only thing that I could think of is maybe like contextualization is at play here because West Coast versus East Coast, it's very, very different. The fandom is very, very different. We're notorious mm-hmm. for showing up late and leaving early, right? And <laughs> you, you don't see that necessarily on the East Coast. And maybe that's what she was referencing, that she's so used to the the gruff and the grim and the, the biting commentary that New York has. I haven't really listened to it. The only time I've ever listened to it is when it's on ESPN and you hear, see ya from the Yankees right. broadcast guy. But I mean... I don't even know why she even took a moment to say anything. You have 87,000 followers on Twitter. You could have gotten some clarity from one of them that we're actually pretty satisfied with what's happening right now. Yes, it could be better with Maddie V live, but we're actually pretty satisfied. So, so go away. Don't, don't hit send. <laughs> delete, delete your tweet, right? Lindsay Adler, you can addle your way right out the door. <laughs> uh, Victor Rojas actually chimed in. Can I share what he said with you? <laughs> yes, please. He said, he replied to her and he said, broadcasting is subjective, but at least make an effort to elaborate on your opinion so that there's an understanding of what you heard and saw that might be received as constructive. So I appreciated him chiming in there. Yeah, that was a great point. And, and I don't know if you saw this, but uh, somebody tweeted out and said, ah, man, we miss Victor. I'd love to have him back. And then somebody else tweeted, well, he's the GM of a minor league team in Texas. And so he's going to do that. And so he's gone. And then Victor responded with never say never. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I had no idea. Yeah. So what if, what if, uh, no disrespect to Patrick O'Neill, wouldn't it be great if we had Victor for some games and we had Matty V for other games? Oh, yeah. Sign me up. That would be Halo Heaven, right? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Locked on Angels is brought to you by Built Bar. You know, we love our built bars around here. It's a low calorie, high protein bar. Good. For replacing those candy bars that get Mike and I in trouble. Good news is you don't have to feel bad about eating one because they are better tasting than candy bars and better for you. Typical candy bar can be anywhere from 200 to 300 calories, and most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They're all about taste, they make it taste good and delicious, and then they figured out how to make it healthy. They got some incredible flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, oh, I can't wait to try this one, white (laughs) chocolate, cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and the new flavors are coming out all the time. And have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't tried one yet, you're missing out on one of the best tasting built bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow we've come a long way science they're fluffy they're marshmallowy they're amazing and they're not just a protein bar they're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like yummy cinnamon churro coconut marshmallow 
banana cream pie. These are going to be your new favorite. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off at built.com. Go order yourself a box of Built Bars today. All right, John, there is a position on the field for the Angels that actually can predict if the Angels are going to be successful or not, depending on if they actually have a player who's having a really strong year at this position. Okay. All right, so we're going to talk about it. We're going to give you some history of the Angels. We're going to talk about some players from history that will sound familiar. So I'm going to take the 80s and 90s angels and then john is going to take the 2000 and the 2010 angels so i'm going to start with a very familiar name from a very familiar season 1986 john it was the season of heartbreak the angels made it to the alcs and were actually leading in that series and then they lost the last two games and ended up not going to the world series that year oh devastating heartbreaking (laughs) they went 92 and 70 that year and their shortstop was a man named Dick Schofield. Yes. Dick Schofield was one of the best angel shortstops. He's on the list, probably the top five angel shortstops. And he wasn't necessarily great offensively, but this year he actually had a banger year for him. 719 OPS, 13 home runs, 57 RBIs. And defensively, he had 11 defensive runs saved and a 972 fielding percentage. Now, that's important because the only really good year the Angels had in the 80s was in 1986. Yeah. And it's because Dick Schofield was their shortstop and he had a really strong year offensively and defensively. Let me give you another example. 1995 was the first time that the Angels actually had a winning season since 1989. Okay. That sounds familiar. 78, (laughs) yeah. 78 and 67. And their shortstop, Gary DeSarcina. And Gary was one of my favorite angels of all time. He was an all-star that year. It was the only time he was an all-star. And offensively, he just all of a sudden broke out that year. 802 OPS, 307 batting average, five home runs, 47 RBIs. He had a 986 fielding percentage. And he had five defensive runs saved. Now, that seems low compared to what we just talked about with Dick Schofield. But here's why. Sure. DeSar got hurt that year. He only played... 95 games. Okay. And when he went down, the Angels' record for the rest of the year was 22 and 34. Oof. Without him, they had a 2 and 14 run at one point. Fell apart. Now, I'm sharing those stats with you and I'm sharing those players' names with you because those guys were key to Angels' success that year. And it's proven in just what happened with DeSarcina. As soon as he went down, the Angels went down. They yeah. fell apart. They were almost 30 games over 595. And then in 86, Schofield had a really great year offensively and defensively. And you saw its impact against teams that they played. And it helped the Angels to be successful. But it wasn't only in the 80s and 90s. John, it also happened in the 2000s. And these positions, these shortstops helped the Angels to be successful. So let's talk about the 2002 season. Let's talk about it because it's the greatest season in Angels history. 99 and 63, a World Series win and a little shortstop by the name of David Eckstein. Offensively, 
He had a 752 OPS, a 293 batting average, eight home runs, and 63 RBIs. Defensively, a 977 fielding percentage, and he had 10 defensive runs saved. Obviously, we know the accolades of David Eckstein yes. and what he's he was able to do that season. Let's fast forward a couple years to 2009 with Eric Ibar. Now, Ibar was with us until 2015, and in 2009, the Angels went 97 and 65. Eric Ibar offensively had a 776 OPS, five home runs, 58 RBIs. Get this, a 312 batting average. Wow. He had a 983 fielding percentage and six defensive runs saved one of the greatest shortstops in angels history eric ibar missed that guy and he was a huge contributor to the angels in that 2009 season so we're sharing all of this with you to prove a point history tells us that in order for the angels to be successful they need a strong shortstop on defense who is able to contribute offensively when called upon. And history proves that every time the Angels have been good, they've had a really good shortstop or somebody that had a really good year like Dick Schofield or Gary DeSarcina or David Eckstein or Eric Ibar. And it actually proved to help the Angels to be successful. Which brings us to this question. John, why don't you answer this question first? Is that Fletch? Is he that guy. Is he the Ibar? Is he the Eckstein? Is he the DeSarcina? Is he the Dick Schofield? Or is it Velasquez or Wade? And before you answer, remember that the Angel season rides on your answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Yes. No pressure. Look, uh, Wade, Tyler Wade is unproven. He hasn't had a full season to prove himself. And he's off to a great start. And I think he's doing a great job. And he's hitting really well. That speed is definitely a factor, and he's uh, been a great defender. I know he's played a little bit more second than shortstop. Andrew Velasquez has been an incredible defender at shortstop. We saw some terrific plays in this Cleveland series so far. The thing about him is that his bat is not on the level of an Eckstein or a DeSarcina, and I don't think it'll quite get there in 2022. Maybe down the road, maybe if he's part of this team in the future, then definitely. So I think... The answer to that question is David Fletcher, Hmm. because we know what Fletcher is capable of in a full season. We saw 2019 and 2020 be outstanding seasons for him. His 2020 season earned him the extension last year, and we know that he fell off a little bit about halfway through 2021, but if he can get that average back up to that 300 range, we know defensively he's solid, and we know that he's traditionally played second base, but... He is one of the more capable defenders on this team, so I have no doubt that he would do really well in a full season at shortstop. So I think my answer to the question, for the Angels to be successful in 2022 and have a strong shortstop, it's got to be Fletch. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. And now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast hosted by Paul Francis Sullivan. He brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On Angels and connect with Mike and I on Twitter and Instagram at Super Halo Bros. And Mike, good news. The Locked On Angels voicemail line is back. You can give us a call, 714 409 You can find that in the description of our podcast. Give us a call, leave us a voicemail, and we'll address it 
on the show. Tomorrow on Locked On Angels, if the shortstop position is necessary for a successful Angel season, then John, which position isn't necessary? Thank you so much for joining us. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. We'll see you right here tomorrow on Locked On Angels.